It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up to all my players, basketball enthusiasts, coaches, anybody that loves the game, man. Uh, welcome to another episode of Buckets and Breakdowns. We had a full timeout, uh, but we back here to play. And I brought in my, my partner here, Mr. Drew Gooden himself. Thank you for your time and thank you for joining us in Buckets and Breakdowns brought to you by Ball is Life. Man, appreciate the atmosphere, man, and being a around the surroundings of positivity. Man, I'm happy for everything you're doing, T. Scott. You know, we've been boys for, for a long time now, man, and I, I love what you're doing, man. So I, I'm glad to be a part of it. Man, I appreciate it, man. And, and, you know, you've always been solid from day one, man. And, you know, kudos to you and everything you got going on. And it's only right that we talk about your path here in Buckets and Breakdowns because – you had a unique style of play at the power forward spot right now, which I think is uh, one of the mm -hmm. most important spots, almost like the point guard. Uh, you know, I remember an era where the small forward was getting busy, but now the power forward you see with your Julius Randles and guys like that are starting to, you know, change the game a little bit with the five out uh, offense. But uh, I wanted, I wanted to go back to the beginning of this being buckets and breakdowns. When did you realize that you could really get buckets? Bro, uh, man, I was on vacation, man, with my uh, with my mom in Arkansas going to visit visit her because uh, she ended up moving to Arkansas like my freshman year of high school. And I stayed back with my pops. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I, we cool out here in Cali, and I, you know, I really don't know the parts of Arkansas like that. So I decided, you know, I'm gonna be with pops through high school. You know, I'm gonna visit you on, in the summers. You know, when, you know when I got time and everything. Mm -hmm. And I had an opportunity to go see moms down in Arkansas, and <clears throat> I was there for about a couple of weeks, man. And all we was doing is like fishing and just, just I was just at the at the at the house, just bored, bro. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I asked, her, I was like, man, I need to go hoop. Like, can I go hoop somewhere? And mom's had a plug uh, with one of her friends that knew one of the assistant coaches at the time at the University of Arkansas when Nolan Richardson was there. Hmm. And if, if you all know about Arkansas basketball, like in the early, almost mid-90s, bro, like Arkansas was a powerhouse basketball team uh, during that era. And Nolan Richardson was the head coach. And my mom had an in or knew somebody that knew the assistant coach at the time up there. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, mom's like, hey, they said you could come up there and watch the team practice. I was like, word? I was like, man, I'm I'm in. Let me let me go up there. So she took me to the to the school, to the gym. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I started watching the guys. They was warming up. I was just shooting on the sideline. And they I went from watching to them saying, hey, we need one. You want to run with us? Mm. <laughs> you feel me? And at, and at this time, I'm like in a ninth. I'm in the ninth grade, bro. I'm in the ninth grade going into my sophomore uh, year in high school. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, what? Y'all want me to run? I was like, all right, I'll run. So I ended up playing five-on-five pickup with college basketball players when I was 14 years old. Uh, and a long story short, like, I held my own. Like, I was, okay. like, I was, I was balling. <laughs> so when you asked me, like, the first time I knew I could get buckets, like, I think this was the day, you know? Oh, word. Like, this was the day. Like, I knew I was – like I could play at a different level than just high school at that age, because I'm playing against grown men that I, I seen like this team was winning national championships, and I was I got thrown right in the fire in the pickup and, and held my own. And you know back then you weren't allowed to watch like the coaches weren't allowed to watch like the pickup games, but word got around us a fourteen a fourteen year old down there in Bud Walton Arena giving uh, giving everybody buckets. Mm. <laughs> so so check this out so check this out now you got to remember i got dropped off by mom so i ain't got i ain't got too much time to be uh up there like that but then um nola richardson somehow they said hey nola richardson wants to talk to you i said what this is right after me just playing some hoop with the uh you know with the older uh the, the older guys you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i was already in college nola richardson sent for me I went to his office and I was like, yo, this is like the first famous person I ever met in my life. Like, this right. is Nolan Richardson. I've I seen this man on TV, like, winning championship. And in Arkansas at that time, he was a god. So I was like, yo, he was like, hey, man, uh, where you from? Like, asking the questions, <laughs> like, what's going on? So long story short, uh, I ended up staying, like, a, another week because he wanted me to go to hell his camp. So I ended up staying and went to one of his camps got MVP of the camp, and then it went from him offering me a scholarship to come play to the University of Arkansas off the pickup game. As a freshman in high school? Going into my sophomore year as a sophomore. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, that's when I knew, like, all right, I'm a little different, you feel me? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to offer a kid that's 14 years old, 15 years old, a, a scholarship, and it's the University of Arkansas, which was a big powerhouse at that time um you know i kind of felt some type of way you feel me wow that's that's where it started that's incredible man and a lot of people know some people don't you know you you from the bay area richmond california correct and i know born born and raised born in oakland went to high school and spent the rest of my you know my my uh, young adolescent life in, in, in the streets of richmond california that, now <laughs> I, I i'm knowing being from southern california and spending some time in sacramento i've, I've heard a lot about richmond man you got to be a tough dude to come out of richmond and make it first of all but how, how did that that environment like push you but also <laughs> shape you as a player and a person creating your toughness Man, that's a great question. You know what? That's a that's a great question right there, T. Scott, because it's like a formula to this, man. Like, for certain people and certain individuals to make it, no matter what you're doing in life, you got to have some type of background or some type of foundation. And when I look back at it and when people ask me, like, how did you do it? I mean, I had to go through the tests. Hmm. Like, you know, me and you was joking earlier. I was like, yo, like, People making fun of me, yo. I'm, I'm used to that. Like, like. Wait, wait. What's the test? Tell them about. Tell them about the test. Like, going to school with pro wings on, you ain't got no J's. You broke. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get <laughs> talked about. Like, <laughs> fans booing in the stands ain't gonna hurt me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I've been, been through all of that. You feel me? Where I grew up, and I grew up in Oakland. Real, real talk in the '80s. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I started, you know, before I moved to Richmond. And, uh, you know, it was a no joke. It was everything you ever heard or uh, uh, knew about uh, Oakland, California in the 80s during the crack epidemic. So mm. I had to come up through that time. And I think that's kind of like really what gave me my backbone and, and, and my and my toughness when it came to doing anything, whether it was playing uh, basketball, baseball, football, hopscotch, four square, tetherball, all the games, shoot dice, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> we, we good at all the games, you know what I mean? I, you know, and I think that was uh that was really my background and and growing up in Richmond and Oakland really gave that to me and helped me prepare to that next level. You know? And you know, me and you rap a lot, man. We talk about you know Big Drew. I got to meet Big Drew. It's Drew Gooden's dad. You know, I heard a lot of funny stories about him, but real stories about how he pushed you. Uh, but you know, just, just being tough and how was that coming up? You know, I feel like there's a lot of young guys that got their pops, you know, kind of pushing them. Yeah. I mean, that's another, that's another recipe to the pot, man, a a success. I haven't, having my pops in my life, man, because, uh, I could have easily detoured and went a, a different route, but I always had somebody checking, you know, everything at the door. If it wasn't right, you know what I mean. So you know, he was big on school. My pops, um, he everything he didn't do like finish school, uh, go to go to a big college, go to the league, take care of your business, be a man. Like he want, he was molding me to be something that he he felt like he wasn't at the time. You know, he he made some wrong decisions throughout his life um, when he was trying to come up in the ranks. So I think. He did totally opposite of what he was doing. He put me on a straight path to success. You feel me? So a lot of my homeboys that I had at, around me. So Big Drew was like everybody's pops. Mm-hmm. And he was giving everybody the game when it came to hoop. But, man, I grew up uh, out on the park, bro. We was in the park playing every day. Big Drew was a street baller. So <laughs> Big Drew Big Drew was the, the dude that went and played overseas for a couple of years. Uh probably knocked one of his teammates or his coach out overseas and then came back to the town. <laughs> came back to the town. <laughs> came back to the town and was just a street baller. You know what I'm saying? So me, like when you hear about all the stories about like GP, J Kid coming up in the playground and like Demetrius Hook Mitchell, like Big Drew was right there hooping with him in the, you know in the park because that's where we really played. And you gotta remember, man, this it wasn't no gymnasium. The only time you got a gym to go hoop in you was playing in an actual game. Other than mm. that, you was playing outside in the streets. And and that's kind of like where I started watching Pops hoop in the streets. And we was there every day. What was that? What was the name of that legendary park where it was going down? Mosswood. Okay. You got Mosswood. You got Park Boulevard, which was a half court. And that's kind of like where Big Drew was at a lot. Mm-hmm. Half court, uh, three on three, four on four. And then you got Lincoln, you got all type of spots. You got you got Frick in the town. And then in Richmond, you got spots like Booker T. Anderson, that used to be East Shore, Shields mm-hmm. Reed in North Richmond. You got Martin Luke, Martin Luther King Center in Central Richmond. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and I was at all those gyms. You know, Big Drew was my pops actually was a director of one of them gyms, uh um East Shore Community Center, which is uh directly in South Richmond. You feel me? So it's like I've been in the funk when it came to hoop in the bay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hear that. So, come speak on some of these guys that have came out and made it uh, as hoopers in the bay. Some of them Hall of Famers, All Stars, Superstars. 
uh, you know, you say your pops got to play against and see these guys when they were in that element in the park. Um, what what is that, some of that history? Man, it's a lot of history in the town, man. It's like we got – when you talk about all of the guys, let alone from the town that made it to the league, when you go back as far as Bill Russell, Paul Silas, man, some, uh, some of these great uh, – Phil Chenier, mm-hmm. uh, J. Kidd, Gary Payton. Uh, when I say J. Kidd, Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leon Poe. Oh, yeah. Got, uh, uh, B. Shaw. Brian, Brian Shaw. You got yep. uh, J.R. Ryder. I hear Isaiah Ryder. Now, yeah, is there Isaiah any Ryder story? I got to get him on buckets, man. I'm trying to track down Isaiah Ryder. I'm going to get him on here. You I've rapped with him before. So it's like a, it's like a certain type of, it's, it's like a certain type of player that comes out of the town. You feel me? Like a real scrappy, hard-nosed worker. Uh, Antonio, forgive me, Antonio Davis. Mmm. Yep. Yep. Antonio Davis. You know I mean? Hey, Big Greg Foster. A lot of people don't don't remember Big Greg Foster. He played with uh with Gary Payton in high school from at, at Skyline High School. Oh, word! I know Greg. Yeah, he played a, uh, he played some years in the uh, league, too. So, I mean, Eddie House. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, man. Like I said, forgive me if I'm missing anybody. And then we got the new young uh, generation of guys like Aaron Gordon who's taking over. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it, it takes a certain type of player to come up out of there. Yeah, yeah, I hear you got to be tough, man, hard nose. Um, so, oh, excuse me, time out, time out. Damian Lillard. Oh, come on. We can't. We can't. Where am I at? Where am I at with that? Please. If y'all can edit this, hey, make that be the first name. <laughs> For sure. And, and you can tell there's a swagger, there's a confidence, there's a competitive nature with all those guys that we've seen. They don't back down. And uh, you know, I love I love the Bay area and the toughness that comes out of out of the Bay. So I'm spending time in the Bay right now and I'm seeing it firsthand. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, I know coming up, uh, we talked a little bit. You played AAU ball, right? You played with the Oakland Soldiers, who's still relevant and putting in, putting players through college, league. And then you also uh, played with EBO. Uh, that was our era back in the day. You know, we were hey, the same that's age. Impressive. That's impressive that you even know about that. A lot of people don't know about that. Man, break it down to the people because they need to know who are the guys you play with. I'm always interested to know about teammates in these high-level AAU teams. Wow. So, um, you know, Oakland Soldiers was uh, really structured with a lot of local talent, like the best guys, like uh, the, like the Ray Youngs, uh, the Jovan Harris's who was my, uh, on my high school team, the Justin Davises, the Blandon Ferguson, like the, the – the, um, the, the cream of the crop of the Bay Area guys. And then Ebo, which was EBO, um, was an AU team that was ran. The headquarters is out of Fresno, but they had a lot of talent on their team because they was able to recruit back then. Uh, see, back then with AAU, you didn't have to. You, you could be from Florida and play on the California team. You could be right. the best dude in the, from New York playing on LA, a Los Angeles AAU team. Yeah, you know those rules have uh, I think drastically changed now, and um, so when I went to EBO, that they kind of recruited the best, not just in local talent, but all over the map. Mm-hmm. So I had an opportunity to play with them, and when you talk about those guys, you got uh, 
me, Carlos Boozer, Boozer. Sean Stevenson, Ooh. Matt Barnes, Ooh. Uh, Brett Nelson. If y'all don't remember Brett Nelson, he was yeah. like white chocolate. Uh, Florida, right? Uh, uh, version point of, uh, uh, what should you say, 2.0. He was version okay. 2.0 of white chocolate. Okay. Uh, Brett Nelson went to the University of Florida. He was a McDonald's yep. All-American in 1999. If you know, don't know about him, uh, YouTube him. He he was nice. Uh, we had a, a, another big swole youngster, Napoleon Rose, who was from Florida. So we, we had a, a, a nice structure of guys. Chris Jeffries, who uh, ended up um, going to the pros for and played about five years in the pros, was on mm -hmm. that team. Who's on the starting five, man? Who's who's starting on that squad? How you figure out the starters? Are you and Booze? I know y'all got to be out of there. Was, who's one, two, three, four, five? Hold <laughs> on, he was off the bench. I was coming off the bench at that time because you got to remember, uh, them dudes was a year older than me. So like Matt Barnes, uh, Ray Young, Chris Jeffries, all them dudes was like a year older than me. But then, it, then when it was our turn to really kind of take over, then I was starting. Uh, Booze was starting. <laughs> when I say booze, that's Carlos Boozer, uh, Deshaun Stevenson, and then we had Brett Nelson and then Napoleon Rose. And that was probably one of my most dominant AAU teams ever. Hmm. What's the biggest uh, lead you guys had? <laughs> <laughs> you beat. <laughs> How much did you beat a team by the most? Man, back then, you know, you don't really remember. <laughs> because, you you know what I'm saying, you had, like, no camera phone. You can you can't tweet about it. It was a you know, we were so used to, like, being on the dominant side. We really, really didn't even keep score, man. We just was out there putting on a show. Man. We was out there putting on a real show. And, and it was hype because we'll have all the college coaches, you know, at our games. Mm -hmm. um, you, you watching the best guys from the West Coast, like, on one team. Right. So it was, uh, it was some live games, man. It was some real live games playing with Evo. Man, that's what's up. That's what's up. I wish we had all all this ballers life, all the YouTube, all the camera phones back then. I would love right. to see those games in person, man, for sure. Just uh, online. Somebody's got to dig those up. Run the clips. Run the clips if you got them. Um, but uh, so now going back to what you talked about, you know, in ninth grade, you, you were already recruited. They offered you a scholarship at Arkansas. You know, now you're being seen by all the college coaches. Uh, with this Ebo team and making noise in the Bay, you know, uh, you you went to Kansas. How how do you decide what school you want to go to, man? And, and and talk about your time at Kansas, man. Um, see, with me, it didn't happen. It didn't happen like uh, like gradually. You know, I got that one offer from Arkansas, but I was really under the radar. I was really mm -hmm. low key. Like it re really wasn't no data on me. Like they had a Arkansas had a diamond in the rough because I verbally, a lot of people don't know this. I verbally committed to Arkansas before I, um, you know, uh, went to oh, Kansas. Wow. And the reason why is it wasn't no schools looking at me. Nobody knew I even existed other than Arkansas. Mm -hmm. So when I finally had my opportunity to go to uh, a camp at the time, it was called ABCD camp. Which was oh yeah. Big, that was a big time, big time um, camp at, uh, for kids in high school that were the top Adidas kids of all time. I assume not all time, excuse me, in high school at that time. Who was there at ABCD at that time, man? Who was well, there? Well, during the era, you got to talk about like just Kobe Bryant, Tim oh. Thomas, Antoine Walker. Uh, for us, what? Well, 
was uh, Demar Johnson, uh, Donnell Harvey, uh, Boozer, Jay, uh, not Jason Williams wasn't there. It was uh, 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 Michael Dunleavy, uh, Kenny Satterfield. Oh yeah, Deion uh, uh, Smith. We had a majestic map. I mean, it was a, it was a lot of guys that were McDonald's All Americans, and later on became uh pros you know mm. it was either that or, or the nike camp so nike had their their guys too but uh, jonathan bender was at that camp he was oh yeah he went straight uh, league straight to the league after that camp and that was my first time to um to kind of measure up against this talent and to see where i stood you know i already i already knew i was different but i now get an opportunity to kind of see how different i am compared to these other top high school players uh, in the country at that time. Mm. And, um, I just remember the first day getting there, they, they come out with a pamphlet and it has the top like 250 guys at that camp and they rank all of them. And I was there with, let me, let me add this. I was there with three other dudes that was on my AU team, uh, that were there and that their, their names are on this list. And we kept flip, flipping pages and my name is nowhere in the top 250. <laughs> Oh, so right there, I was all like, "Oh, they don't know who I am." Like it was like more, more incentive. Like, hold on, man, I, I, I got the, I got to really uh, perform and, and let people know like what's going on. And mm-hmm. I think that's where everything kind of took off. T. Scott, from the fir- from the first day getting there and not being on that list, mm-hmm. to um, leaving there's like the top scorer, the top rebounder. I mean, it, whatever category was a stat I, I was in the top three mm. and i went from having just that arkansas offer to now i got everybody i got duke north carolina wow Kansas, michigan ucla i mean you name it and now um you know eventually now i had to start saying i, I gotta start you know weighing weighing my choices because i think right. i got done a little too quick yeah arkansas you feel me so uh, I had uh, I had ended up taking a, a trip to Kansas, an unofficial trip to Kansas. And once I uh, met Roy Williams and saw how he just how genuine he was, and one thing that he told me that stood out uh, to other to uh, then other the other schools that were offering me uh, scholarships, one thing that he said to me was this: uh, If you come to Kansas. I'm not promising you anything. <laughs> he was mm. like, I ain't promising you no playing time. I ain't promising you if you're going to start. I ain't promising you none of that. You got to earn everything, and you got to outwork the next dude in front of you. Mm. And that was that was all the challenge I needed. And he knew that – he knew only a dog would uh, take that. Take that. Right. Back. He knew a dog was going to be like, you know what, forget all these other schools saying, and all you one and done, just come here. I know how to make you get to the pros quicker. Forget all that. I was like, I'm going to Kansas. <laughs> right, right, right. How was your experience, man? The experience was, uh, it was it was great, but it was a hard transition at first for me because coming from the school I was coming from, I mean, we didn't we didn't have scouting reports before the games, like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah, we were we were competing at a high level because we had talent in high school, but we were watching film. 
on the team we're playing against the next night. You know what I'm saying? We just show up and then we just we'll figure it out and adjust and then and just kick your ass. You know? What yeah. I'm so so yeah. I mean, you know, they they teaching you, preparing you to be a pro, right? And um, so, but what I'm saying is, in in high school, I didn't we didn't have any of that. So when I got to college, yeah. it was a it was a big shock to me. It was a shock to the system. Like, wow, this is preparation. You actually know the other team's plays and what they're going to run, and we have to practice that in practice. Like, that was new to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we always just ran our stuff. We ran our sets in high school, and then we just going to go out there and do a die with it. You know, when I got to Kansas, I saw structure. I saw fundamentals. I was taught all of that. And then it was just repetition over and over. And it's a system. And um, the uh, experience, man, you know, going to a blue blood school. And when I say blue blood school, that's the Kentuckys, the Kansas, the Dukes, the North Carolinas. I guess you could put baby blue in there with uh, UCLA if you want to. But (laughs) those those are schools that are prestigious prestigious when it comes to basketball right. so right. going going there i earned my doctrine you could say almost or at least my master's in basketball yeah i bet man who are some of your teammates uh who'd you play with who you enjoy playing with and you know how how was how that chemistry i'll tell you what uh nick collison uh who played oh, yeah. 15 years 15 years in the nba we came in as freshmen together and kurt mm-hmm. he- uh, kurt heinrich who played 14 oh, yeah. years in the nba um, yep. we all came in as freshmen together and in the preseason rankings of like I'll never forget it was in one of the magazines and one of the preseason rankings it was it, it talked about the top incoming freshman classes uh, and Duke was of course number one because Duke and our freshman class had got Michael Dunleavy Jr. Carlos Boozer Jason Williams, and I'm talking about Jay Williams. He on mm-hmm. he's on ESPN now. Yeah, not yep. White Chocolate. Jay Williams, who was was unreal in high school and in college. Right. Um, they had a nice recruiting class, and but the, we were like 17th, 18th. Like we were low key. Like no, didn't nobody know who Kurt Heinrich, Drew Gooden, and barely Nick Collison was. And I think that was. That was what motivated not only me, I think it motivated Kirk and Nick. And then when you add that that fire of Roy Williams and, and how competitive all, all three of us, how we were, man, you talk about, I did 14 years in the NBA. Kirk did 14 years in the NBA. Nick did 15. Yeah. You feel me? And we was on the radar. So I, I, when, when you talk about learning in my experience at Kansas, man, we learned a lot. Man, that's what's up, man. And, and you guys are built to last, man. You guys are true vets, true pros, uh, and, you know, taught the game properly and to fit in and continue to be yourselves within structure. So, I mean, that's that's all you can ask for as a player, right? <laughs> um, and now, okay, you, you end up getting drafted, huh? Like, what, fourth pick, right? Am I mistaken? Second pick. Yeah, so after my draft. After my Four. junior season, man, Roy, Roy Williams said, man, you got to go. And then when you get the blessing <laughs> uh, from him, uh, you know it's starting to become real. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I had a, I had an outstanding junior season. 
and it was time, man. I was hungry. Uh, I worked my entire life to get to that point. Uh, I put the I put the work in, you know. Mm-hmm. All that running at, with Roy Williams, all the uh, all the days at the park with Pops, all of it started to kind of pay off now. You know what I mean? And um, and when it when it actually happened, it was like, yo, like I I did it, like. Mm-hmm. The motivation was Jonathan. When I saw Jonathan Bender get drafted out of high school, and I played against Jonathan Bender at that time, when he got drafted uh, for the Indiana, I was like, "Damn!" I was just playing against him this summer, and I held my own. And I, like I really held my own. And I was like, "I wonder if I could ever be a top five pick." And if for it to actually happen, it was. Uh, it was like I was. It was almost like I told you so. Like I knew it. <laughs> you knew it. You was right. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> it's like you kind of need those uh, eye-opening moments of like just showing yourself, proving to yourself. Like, wait, hold up, I belong. Wait, hold up. Like, facts. Hey, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what they said on this paper or rankings and this, that, and the other. I know that y'all got this dude top whatever, and I just gave this dude buckets. I just stopped him on some of his best moves. Made him use his counters to a counter. I'm I'm here. So exactly. I mean, I knew that had to be a, a unbelievable feeling, man, to to just know you belong and then uh be validated in, in being an NBA player and being drafted. So um, you know, I know you got picked up by Memphis the first year. Yeah, I got drafted to the Memphis Grizzlies, and it was uh <laughs> It was interesting because it was the second year that they just left from Vancouver. Okay. They um, so they just drafted two years when they when they, when, they, when they were in Vancouver they drafted Stromile Swift with the number two pick, mm-hmm. and then they drafted the, the next year when they moved to Memphis they drafted Pal Gasol the number three pick, and then my draft they drafted me number four. Oh, uh, bigs. <laughs> hey, but that's I'm a Jerry West. Position. But wait, hold up. You got drafted by Jerry West? Hold on. I got drafted by Jerry West. That's a stamp that's of approval crazy. right there, though. That That's the logo. Hey, hey. <laughs> you know, my pops got drafted by Jerry. I mean, we, you know, Clay Thompson, you got Kobe Bryant, you got all these different dudes. And when he put his stamp, that, that hey, that's a major accomplishment. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I didn't know it at the time. Everybody was like, "Hey, how does it feel that Jerry West drafted you?" I was like, "I thought the I thought the Memphis Grizzlies drafted me." I didn't know. <laughs> no, that's Jerry West right there. But, but, but now, <laughs> when you when you look at it and when you know the history of it, I mean, drafting, making the trade for Kobe. He didn't draft Kobe. He he, he made the trade for Kobe. Mm-hmm. To draft Kobe. And he gave up Vladi Divac for that because he, when he saw Kobe work out, he said that's the best player in the draft. Yeah, and um, he uh, he told me Jerry was is such a straight shooter too because the day I flew in, or well, the night before I uh, uh, I worked out for the team, I fly in and we go to dinner, and you know we talking for about 30, 40 minutes. We eating, and he asked me at the end of dinner. He said, uh, "Hey, you want to work out tomorrow?" I was like, "What?" Like, uh, I, I, I'm here for an NBA pre-draft workout. I was like, yeah, I want to work out tomorrow. He was like, 
I uh, it's up to you if you want to work out or not. Because uh, if you're available, we're picking you. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> I was like, man, that, I was like, appreciate it, but I'm still gonna go do the workout. That's the awesome. Workout, the workout was uh, Udonis Haslam. Ooh. D'Angelo Collins. Oh yeah, I know. DC. DC, D'Angelo Collins, and myself. It was a. As a <laughs> Y'all going at it. It, it, it a whole was, lot of buckets. It was it was intense. It was intense. It was an intense workout. Uh, and this was big UD. It wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't in shape like cut UD. This was right out of Florida, uh Udonis Hassel. Mm -hmm. And uh and D'Angelo De College had some game to be coming out of high uh, school. He was coming I, out of high I, school. I remember we sang class, you know, Southern California, Inglewood uh high school. We used to work out with the same trainer. I seen it. I, I know. I know about D'Angelo. He was a he was a boy, as they say. <laughs> and, and think about it. And, and stamp of approval, Jerry Wesson. He wanted to see him work out. He wanted to see Udonis uh, work out. I mean, UD still playing right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, for sure, y'all built to last, man. <laughs> y'all like built for it tough. Um, so so uh, you know, I know. You play with a lot of different squads from there. You know, I know you're in Orlando, you're in Cleveland, man, I, Clippers. I might be out of order here. Chicago. What I am I missing? Too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I want to know what, you know, you, you had the label of a journeyman a little bit, right? So what is that like to have that, like, you know, to get traded or just re-sign here or, or there? You know, somebody wants you too. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, so what is that like to be in that that category? It, it was tough, man. It was. I think it made me strong. I, uh, I learned. I learned it from an early uh, point of my career too. I mean, I got traded three months my rookie year. The, the same dude that drafted me traded me too. We didn't get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> right there, you, you know. go. Yeah, yeah, for Mike Miller, which was a great trade. I mean, Mike Miller was just be, coming off being the uh, rookie of the year the year before that. Like I said, they drafted three bigs in a row. They had me playing the uh, small four position. I think it was best for both of us. I think Mike Miller did a phenomenal job uh, after the trade in Memphis, and I did a phenomenal job in Orlando after the trade playing the power four position. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I learned early on that it, it was a business. Uh and not only that, once after my second year, uh, we we were like we went one and nineteen to start the season in Orlando. So with Tracy McGrady, this was the second year uh, I was playing with Tracy, and this is the second year when he won a scoring title. We started off, we won our first game and lost nineteen in a row, it's like an NBA record. Mm. And Doc Rivers got. Doc Rivers got fired seven, eight games into that season. Um, and it was just a, just a shit show, man. I mean, we just were terrible. We can't win it. We just can't win a game. Mm. It was just a bad, it was just, you could tell that, you know, they made changes in management uh, and they wanted to go a different direction. They, we ended up getting the number one pick that year and mm -hmm. they drafted Dwight Howard. And then I mm. had an opportunity and then I had opportunity right before the draft, or even after the draft, uh, to get traded to Cleveland. Now wait, before you go to to Cleveland, 
Because, you know, we're going on this journey. I want to know how cold is T-Mac, man? You play with <laughs> or let How cold Boy. is he? That like, I, just, I, I just hinted. I, I didn't want to go into depth. I was like, yo, he led the NBA in scoring two years in a row that year. Right. I said that year, those two years. It what seemed was it like, like playing with him? Out. It seemed like he, he did it twice in one year. It was so quick. <laughs> what, what was that like in practice? Like seeing him go at it, like being a party. Was it practicing? Was it practicing? Mac was not practicing. Now he'll work out and do his individual training. Now I will give him that. But this was a, this was when when AI used to say practice, like that trickled down the whole league, like. We, some dudes just didn't practice. Like it was, it wasn't no practice. You about to have these dudes play 40, 42 minutes a game, right? Can't count on them to, to shoot these shots and all this. They was they they was like, I'm, I'm, I'll save these bullets for the game, man. And he sure he did save every last one of them bullets for that game. <laughs> right? He was he was a competitor. I mean, he was so cold. Some of the stuff he did, uh, he was different man. He, he was a different athlete. I still. His movements at his at his height, how he was able to uh he was real shifty. He had bounce, he had big hands, he could palm the ball, cold his timing, great leaping ability, and then he had a, a jumper. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could shoot middies, fades, he had three ball, head uh hezzy pump fake three ball. I love that move he had. Ball. He had, I mean he, he let the school, NBA in scoring when when you only had 80, 90 points as a team, and this dude got 30. That's who Kevin Durant remind me of. Is it like a T-Mac? You know, and KD, you know, obviously got more size. But that's the closest thing I think that we've seen to, to T-Mac is maybe KD. But you would know better than me. Yeah, yeah. Well, KD, KD his height and his length is just – Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta really see it to believe it, man. I mean, he's True. like almost really seven feet. He's six eleven and a half. Mm-hmm. True. And he True got that indeed. Long wingspan, and he got a he got a, he got it on a string like this for that ball to bounce up and mm-hmm. get back to his handle and get back to his rhythm and still be able to pull up from thirty. Man, that's magnificent. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's I agree. magnificent. Hey, and T Mac had that, but but see, T Mac was I think a little bit more explosive because T Mac would go in there and do a a three a, like do some up throw it off the backboard to himself, uh, you know what I'm saying? Something janky, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Something crazy. He'll he'll do some crazy every once in a while like you ain't seen. Yeah, 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 man. T Mac, man, please YouTube your your T Mac young fellas more YouTube T Mac. I'm telling you, it was cold. Um. So, you know, going to Cleveland, you now you're there with a young Bron, right? A young Bron. A nice, a very nice young Bron. Yeah, yeah. What's that like? You just played with T-Mac. Now you're going with Bron. I mean, what was you seeing then? Very similar, just it, coming out of high was, school. Uh, it, it was uh, it was dope because Bronny, a lot of people don't know this, Bron played with, uh, with the AU team that I played with, Oakland Soldiers. And then I ended up sponsoring uh, when I was in the league. Bron oh. played, yeah, Bron played a, a, like a summer and a half, or maybe even two summers with the Soldiers through all high, oh, wow. high school. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, he he got a shoot called the soldiers, soldiers one, soldier two. That was our, that was the whole AAU. Uh, wow, you know that, that was the whole reason reasoning behind that. That was the team shooter, and, and and we he was part of the soldiers. And not only that, I mean, we had Leon Poe uh, was on that team. Kendrick Perkins, I believe, was on that team. I mean, they had some dogs that was on. I that didn't know team. that. Yeah, that's. I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Like a lot of, the, of those guys, they play again or play within the NBA. They played together before in AAU. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like, like Perk and Brown been playing since. Uh, yeah, we even had Drew Joyce, who was the high school point guard for uh, Bronny, come out from uh, and, and play with us. So we had Drew Joyce and Bronny on the team when I think they was either sophomores, and either sophomores going into junior year or junior. Yeah, I think we had them sophomore and their junior years. Mm. Uh, playing with the soldiers, and then uh, Bronny just took off. But I've been—I already had that relationship with Bronny uh, from high school to when I was in college. To now, he got drafted number one. He, he popping. I get traded to his team. It was a—it was like the perfect scenario. I was like, "This is the homie. Like, mm-hmm. this, I already. This is my guy. Like, I already know him. Like." let's let's go hoop you know what i'm saying right 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 it was easy and i always like i always heard about Bronny being like the best and when i when i used to always go watch him i was like man he ain't doing nothing too crazy but he winning and he like he got a little bit he doing a little bit of everything he he diamond he rebounding he blocking shots he's scoring when he need to score but nothing too crazy, you know. Usually, when you go see the number one dude scoring, uh, yeah, he will he gonna shoot the ball every time. Thirty shot attempts, no dimes, and probably lost whatever. But now nah, this team winning, it's hyped. They into it, you know. You can see how he was a leader already at a young age. You could tell he was special. And now to to play with him in the pros and saw what he was doing to grown men. Mm-hmm. He's got it. Yeah. Bronny was serving grown men at 18, 19 years old, man. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, we've seen it. The proof's in the pudding. And, you know, he's still going at it, putting in work and chasing greatness and trying to really be the GOAT, I think. Uh, you know, and uh, he's been consistent in his approach and work ethic and taking care of his body and, man, and, and getting the right people around him to compliment him as well, as you see this year with the Lakers. Listen, he was already a professional. Uh, see, a lot of people forget he he already signed that big deal coming in with Nike as a youngster. People thought he was going to trick that off, and he exceeded the expectations. Um, he he's been a, he's been special. I seen him special when he was 18, 19 years old, uh, I'm, and, and it's amazing what he's still doing now. Uh, that dude is different, <laughs> for sure. What you named a couple guys and they're all different, like uh, T Mac, you know, uh, Brian. And then I know you, you, you spent some time in Chicago with Derrick Rose. Uh, what are some of those things they all have in common and makes them look a little different from everybody else besides, you know, getting buckets, but more so behind the scenes? Uh, a, lot, a lot of those dudes, genuine dudes, man, uh, had humbling uh, beginning backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a lot of that, it's about that formula we was talking about earlier. A lot of these dudes, you know, they didn't, 
They didn't grow up with a silver spoon. Bron had it tough. D Rose had it tough. Played with John Wall, another number one pick. Had, oh, yeah. Had it tough. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they got something driving them, that, uh, and their story kind of drives them. And uh, watching, we call him Pooh, D Rose. When D Rose came in as the number one pick to Chicago, I was playing at the Bulls at that time. He was 19 years old, getting drafted to the Bulls, which was his home team. Mm. And a lot of people didn't know how he was going to be able to handle that. But uh, D Rose was able to handle handle it, and it was just, it took me a couple games to know he was actually a couple practices to know he was different, mm-hmm. and how explosive he was, how competitive he was, how he used to get on himself about missing layups. Um, he's probably one of the best finishers I've seen at his height. Under underrated, a lot of people don't really take note of how well Derrick Rose used to finish at the basket. Um, but uh, you know he's still balling. He had 28 mm-hmm. the other night. He had 28 the other night in a preseason game in 28 minutes. <laughs> I seen that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So uh shout out to Pooh. He just signed a four-year deal with New York. He learned how to uh come off the bench now. Uh and still be a star in his role. Like I said, he came off the bench and did that 28. You feel me? Right. So, right, for sure. So uh Drew, I was gonna ask you, man, like kind of going a little bit back is what's uh something that you learned early on skill wise that carried with you the college nba um a skill something that you always use you know i know you were able to you know stretch the floor and knock down shots uh you was able to bang and rebound uh a communicator on defense what what, what are some of the things that just carry with you from the jump to to pros I think uh, the tenacity of offensive rebounding. I think mm-hmm. uh, that was my greatest strength. Being having a knack for the ball, being a being able to be around the activity. You know, what I'm saying not not ever ball watching, being in the mix. Mm-hmm. I think that was uh, one thing. My activity is one thing that always stood out. Mm-hmm. And you add that with a couple, you know, hit a couple jumpers. Uh, you know, take a charge. Oh yeah, I know you're taking charges now. You know, we ain't gonna go into that. We... <laughs> I, was, I was gonna spare you on that one. <laughs> that's the inside show. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, long story, folks, long stories on that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, man, um, when you mix that into it, man, uh, you know, uh, I kind of carved out a good career doing those things, you know what I'm saying? Playing 14 years and having to really get in where I fit in, but just having that heart and that determination. I mean, I I'd have heard it all. Like, you too big. I mean, you too small to uh, to play power forward or play in the NBA. Then as uh, then I got to the point where you too big to play in the NBA. We looking for stretch forward. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then I had to remold myself to finishing off my career being a stretch forward. So I kind of uh, always carved out a role and was a man of many hats. And it was mm-hmm. in a lot of di- different situations, but was able to be successful in them situations, you know? Yeah, you got to be able to compliment uh, your teammates, the system, the, the team, and build that trust, man. And I think, you know, the, the role and, you know, being able to play with so many different guys, you were appreciated because you knew how to hoop. You had a value that teams needed. And 
14 years in the league, man, that's that's a blessing, man. I, I want to talk about your, your post career because, you know, we talk a lot and, um, and I don't want to run out of time, man. But uh, you played in the big three, man. You know, that's that's another way we kind of reconnected and um, got to the finals one year, you know, and then this year is a little di difficult. <laughs> but it was tough this year. I love seeing you out there, man. Talk about, you know, being able to hoop now and, and, and still be competitive at this you know, point in your it, life. It's amazing, man. Uh, I was talking to my pops, and he was all right, man. Uh, you know, it, it's one thing hearing you talk on TV and then still seeing you hoop at 40 years old. He was like, yo, I still got something to watch. Like, it still gives me excitement. And he was, like, thanking me for it. He, pops mm -hmm. was thanking me that I was still hooping, you know what I mean? Right. Um I'm fully retired. When it comes to basketball, man, I'm fully retired. So if you see me out playing, it's for the love of the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it's, it's to be in the mix. Uh, it's a, it's a kind of test to test me. You know, mm -hmm. do I still got it? Like, where am I at? You know, mm -hmm. me working out is it, has this been paying off? You know, so a little a little bit of that curiosity. Do I still got it? And my competitiveness and, and, and me. You know, why not stay in shape? Why not just keep doing this and you know, the big three, they do a good job taking care of us. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, they make it fun. You know, it's something that it's a fun thing to do. And right. now my son, now my son's watching it mm -hmm. and uh, he's into it. You know, he's asking me if I'm still going to play. Um, but it's, uh, like I said, I'm fully retired. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing is catching the phase for them young boys out there that's <laughs> fully committed to hooping right now. That's, right, right, that's right. the toughest part. But when I come out the fire, so if I bust your ass in the big three, just know that I'm fully retired and I ain't, I ain't working out like that. So you got your <laughs> ass busted. <laughs> hey, last thing I want to talk to you about is your squad you're working with. You're doing the color commentating with the uh, Wizards right now, former team. Uh, I mean, you get to watch Bradley Bill every night. They got a new squad. I I'm excited to see. Talk about the Wizards team and, and, and how much fun are you having calling the games? Yo, listen. To talk basketball and win or lose, to not have any emotional attachment to it, I'm in, and I love I love my job. Uh, I, I, I retired a wizard, so I transitioned uh, into the TV and, and, and the broadcast sector and being able to cover them. So you know, I'm a fan of the mm -hmm. organization. Uh, I get love in the city. I got love for the city, so it uh, it was a great uh, opportunity for me. Uh, when I got presented to be able to uh, be the color commentator uh, for the Washington Wizards mm -hmm. and uh, being able to call the games, being able to see uh, these guys up close, personal, play by play, uh, possession, possession, um, you know, it, it gives me insight and I'm, I'm able to provide insight mm -hmm. to the viewers out there. And I love the feedback and, uh, you know, I'm passionate about what I do. Yeah, man. It's so funny because, uh, I, I, I always watch and I hear you using some NBA 2K references like, oh, he's a he's a two way sharpshooter. Uh, he, he's a three level facilitating uh, two way. Right. Fast, because uh, now you got to remember, like you speaking to the younger audience as well. You're not just talking to the OG. So you got to be able to mix it up. And mm -hmm. it's a lot of guys and people that play 2K over the years. So if I could make it interesting and, and throw that lingo out there, some of that 2K lingo out there, because I believe 2K does a, a real good job of kind of, kind of labeling these players in the game. Mm -hmm. 
uh, versus real life guys, like a, a three level score. That's Bradley Bill to the T. For uh, sure. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it goes hand in hand. So why not get some love to 2K? Why not uh, get some love to some of the 2K viewers that's watching out there, some of the fans, and, and keep it interesting to that to that crowd? Absolutely. And, and for those that don't know, you know, you might catch uh, me and Drew Gooden and, and, and Q Rich out there on Xbox, you know, and in the but wreck. Catch that fade. <laughs> that fade and that wreck, T. Scott. Yeah, yeah, we, we might be out there, you know, get, giving you guys some buckets. You don't even know my man Drew. Uh, he's nice, man. He got a bunch of different builds. I mean, he can shoot it. He can pass. He got a cold spin move. <laughs> the coldest spin move in 2K. Too much, but, hey, it's a go-to go move, you feel me? Now yeah. go up. Scott, I like that facilitated, uh, that three-level uh, three facilitated uh, two-way you got. Hey, you know, because for me, I wanted to compliment the guys out there. You know what I'm saying? You know, the space, knock down shots. You know, you got to play defense, number one. So that's my two-way. And then, you know, you got to be able to share the ball. You know, you know, passing hey. is contagious and selfishness is contagious. So I wanted to be able to, oh, I see you. Huh. So hey, you hey, see for, me. For y'all viewers out there that know about 2K and the my player, uh, the my builder player, whatever that is. T. Scott made his man arm so small. <laughs> T. Scott can't, the man can't even put his hands in his pocket. <laughs> hey, because and you get your shooter ratings higher. <laughs> his bicep and his forearm connected. Hey, but he's low-key out of shape, man. He's a little too heavy, no, man. He's he's nice. just, I like it. Hey, he's not fast, though. He's slow. He's doing all bench press and no cardio afterwards. He's just going right up to get some shots up. <laughs> That's a nice build. It's a nice build, though. For sure. Hey, Drew, man, I'm not going to hold you up too much longer, man. I know you got a lot going on. Uh, I just want to say thank you for joining the Buckets and Breakdowns podcast presented to you by Ballers Life. And, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Anything you want to share with the, the ball fans out there? Man, everybody stay safe. Uh, I know it was a tough uh, last year and a half. Uh, blessings to you and yours. Uh, and, and that's it. Hey, T. Scott, I'm proud of what you got going on, man. Keep doing what you're doing. And like I said, thanks for uh, blessing me to be on here. No doubt, man. Another episode of Buckets and Breakdowns. Drew Gooden, my guy, I appreciate your time. We're going to get on some 2K probably later on tonight. <laughs> but like right now. Like right, like right now. now finish, man. Wrap this up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Appreciate you guys for, for tuning in, and we out.